Eureka by John Thomas, Volume 1 Chapter 1, Section 3, Part 4 For Ever and Ever In response to the salutation from the deity manifested by Spirit in Jesus' anointed, John, as the representative of Earth's future kings, ascribes to him as their prince the glory and the supremacy during the aeons of the aeons. In the English version, these words in italics are rendered forever and ever, and represent to the Anglo-Saxon mind the idea of unlimited futurity, commonly styled eternity. This acceptation of the phrase leads to the conclusion that the supremacy of Jesus as prince, priest, and king of a priestly dominion on earth is to be eternal, a notion which implies that sin and death are destined to obtain on the planet eternally. But this conclusion is altogether set aside by the teaching of the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 23, Paul lays down a certain order of future development, as first, they who are Christ's made alive in his presence, second, the end. Between these two epochs, there is a long interval, the duration of which Paul does not define, but having notified the arrival of the end, he tells us what is to come to pass then. He says that the kingdom that had been existing during said interval is to be delivered up to the Divine Father, and that this delivering up is consequent upon all rule, authority and power having been put down, for the reign of the Son of Man is decreed of heaven to continue till this result be consummated. He must reign till he the Father have put all enemies under his feet. Psalm 8 verse 6 and 110 verse 1 The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The Son, then, is to reign as the fathers, kings and priests, until death shall be abolished from the earth. This implies the previous extermination of sin, for death is the wages of sin, and wages are not paid where services are not rendered. We see then that the Son of Man is not to reign as the majesty of a priestly kingdom after sin and death are rooted out. And be it remembered that the kingdom the Apocalypse exhibits is the dominion of the fathers, kings and priests. It contains but few hints of what is to be the order of things upon earth after the end indicated by Paul. The Melchizedek kingdom of the deity, subduing and reconciling terrestrial things to him, is the great theme of its visions and descriptions. When the end for which it will be established is accomplished, it will be delivered up, and then the supremacy of the Son both in respect of the head and the body, in other words, of Jesus and his brethren, 
will cease. An end will be put to it. During the long interval of a thousand years, the supremacy of the saints is decreed. For all that time, two classes will exist contemporaneously upon earth. The world rulers, incorruptible and deathless, and the subject world of nations, peccable and mortal. Flesh and blood cannot possess this Melchizedek or priestly kingdom. Jesus and the saints alone can have it, so that while it continues, their supremacy must and will be upheld against all aspirations of the flesh. But when the time arrives for flesh and blood, or corruption, to be abolished from the earth, and for all its future inhabitants to become Elohim, or incorruptible and deathless beings, consubstantial with deity, the Elohim of the previous thousand years will no longer be priests offering gifts and sacrifices for them to the deity. The priestly supremacy will terminate with the cessation of the necessity which originated it, and the deity by spirit will be the all things in them all. Thus, when all things shall be subdued unto him, the Son, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him, the Father, that put all things under him, that the deity may be the all things in all. Hence John, who was in accord with Paul, did not ascribe an eternal supremacy to the Son, as taught by Anglo-Saxonism. He was not contemplating the position of Jesus in a post-millennial order of things, but his position in relation to the millennial dominion. In reference to this, he said, To him the glory and supremacy during the aeons of the aeons. For ever and ever, or even its parallel in Daniel, for ever, even for ever and ever, are phrases, then, that do not indicate eternity, being used of things which are in their nature or constitution terminable. But we must look to the original and see what can be made of that. In the text of the Apocalypse, the phrases tus Ionas, Ton, Ionon. This occurs 14 times and is uniformly rendered for ever and ever, except in chapter 1 verse 18, where it is rendered evermore. In chapter 14 verse 11, the definite article is omitted. The reading is, therefore, Ace, Ionas, Ionon. Now, as the Apocalypse treats of the same subject as that revealed to Daniel in his seventh chapter, namely the kingdom and conquests of the saints, we ought to find the Chaldee original of this formula so frequently occurrent in the New Testament. And this we do in the 18th verse of that chapter. In this, the time is specified how long the saints shall possess the kingdom the same kingdom that Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar should stand, Leal Mayar, for Olams, chapter 2, verse 44. 
they shall possess the kingdom. Ad Elma wa ad Alam al for an Alma, even for an Alma of Almas. The Kaldi word Alma is identical with the Hebrew Olam and is represented in the Greek by Ion, though in etymology different. The Hebrew and Kaldi nouns are derived from the verb Alam to hide, to conceal. Hence, an olam, in relation to time, is a period hidden or concealed, hidden in the past or concealed in the future. In prophecy, it designates absolutely a certain period to exist, but without defining its beginning or ending. The kingdom belonging to the saints of the Most High Ones, Elyonin, is to stand for hidden periods, or olams, comprised in one hidden period, or olam, which must, therefore, be longer than all of them together. Hence this will be a hidden period of hidden periods, or an olam, even an olam of olams. I have a translation of Daniel 7 verse 18 before me, which renders the time the saints are to possess the kingdom by the formula, for eternity, even for eternity of eternity. This, however, is a mere flourish and no translation, and bears on the face of it proof that the inventor of the form knew nothing about the nature of the kingdom, nor the purpose for which it is to be established. As I have shown, the kingdom is not to continue eternally, so that the saints cannot hold it for eternity. And as the scripture is true, they do not use the word here in the sense of ever and eternity. The duration of this coldy formula must be approximated from another direction. Thus, the kingdom the saints are to take is the dominion of the lion, the bear and the leopard, three of Daniel's four beasts. They are utterly to destroy the fourth, but the political organisations represented by the other three are to be continued in existence, but without sovereignty. While in existence, they are under the dominion of the saints, whose administration will not be superseded by other rulers. The existence of these organisations subjectively to the saints is defined, and consequently the duration of their holding of the kingdom is thereby defined likewise. In chapter 7 verse 12 it says, A prolonging in life was given the three beasts, Adzman Wi'idan, during an appointed time and a set time. This then is the duration of the Olam, or Alma, of the kingdom, a hidden period containing an appointed time and a set time. The Apocalypse has revealed the number of years contained in these kinds of time, in telling us how long the saints are to reign with Christ after binding the dragon, whose dominion at the appearing of Christ 
covers the territories of the polities symbolized by the three beasts. They are to reign thenceforth with him during a thousand years. Apocalypse 20 verse 6 The period consists of a set time and an appointed time. A set time is indicated by Idan, which is equivalent to the Hebrew Moed, the word used in Genesis 17 verse 21, where it is said, Sarah shall bear unto thee Isaac at this set time in the next year. This is, then, a period of gestation, which consists of 280 days, a day for a year in symbolic time. This, deducted from 1,000, leaves 720 years for the appointed time, or two times of 360 years each. Daniel did not discern what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in him did signify by the Zaman Wu'edam, nor by the Almar of Almaz. But not so with ourselves, for the Father has apocalypsed the solution in the thousand years. The reader will therefore understand that the prophets, under divine inspiration, predicted the development in a future remote from their day of a period that should continue for a season and a time. They did not know when it should begin, nor what length of time was meant by the formula, and consequently could not tell when it should come to an end. But that such a period should exist and be of a very peculiar character, even most glorious to all the righteous, who should be contemporary with it, they were all agreed, as is plainly to be seen in all their writings. I heard, says Daniel, but I understood not, for the words were closed up and sealed till the time of the end. For this reason, the period was called Olam, or the Hidden, beyond which the prophets and those instructed by them did not often look. They saw it was terminable, and therefore if they spoke of anything not restricted to it, they would say, Ad olam were ad, during the hidden period and beyond. The promises made to Abraham and to David had a special reference to this olam, and the apocalypse shows symbolically how the olam is to be introduced and how the promises to those patriarchs are to be performed. Thus the Spirit said to Abraham in regard to Canaan, All the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed, ad olam, during a hidden period. And again, reminding Israel of the same promise, he says by Jeremiah, If ye thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, I will cause you to dwell in the land which I gave to your fathers, Lemin Olam, Wead Olam, for from the beginning of the hidden period and during the hidden period, which in the common version is rendered for ever and ever, as though the Israelites were destined to be flesh and blood occupants of Canaan for eternity. 
The covenant made with David is styled by him in his last words, a covenant of Olam. In the common version, this is rendered an everlasting covenant, but it ought to be termed a covenant of the hidden period. It was so styled because it was to be established then, and as the subject matter of this covenant is the throne symbolized in Apocalypse 4, and the kingdom taken possession of by the saints in chapter 11 verse 15 and Daniel 7 verse 18. It is styled a kingdom of Olam, or the kingdom pertaining to the hidden period. The Mosaic period was an Olam, for although the Israelites knew when it began, none of them, not even Jesus, nor the angels, knew when it would come to an end. This is proved by Mark 13, verse 32. When the Mosaic heaven and earth should pass away, that Olam would be ended, as it was AD 72. In this long period of 1,695 years, there were numerous lesser periods, as the Jubilees, or periods of restitution, recurring every 50 years. Hence the mosaic was an olam of olams, one long period containing many lesser ones. But this system of periods did not terminate in itself. It was typical, or representative, of times and seasons belonging to the throne and kingdom of the saints. Thus, in Apocalypse 14, verses 1 to 5, we have the Pentecost in the kingdom. In verses 6 and 7, the trumpet of the Jubilee sounding. And in verses 8 to 11, the great and terrible day of national atonement, ultimating in the conquest of the nations and their subjection to Israel's Elohim for the Olam. Leviticus 25, verses 8 to 17 and 39 to 46. Nor is this confined to the introduction of the Olam of the Kingdom. There are periodically recurring Olams during all the thousand years, indicated by the observance of the Passover and Feast of Tabernacles to be observed by all nations. Ezekiel 45 verse 21 and Zechariah 14 verses 16 to 19. For this cause, therefore, the thousand years is called in Daniel an Olam, even an Olam of Olams, but by no means an eternity.